The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. For a second, please. We're in a cultural war, a cultural war. Oh, oh, How do you think you are talking to me like that? I resent the fact that your implication that only you are an idiot. The culture war is back, 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 back. And away we go. It's the culture war. Fourth and final hour of the Tuesday edition of the Oakley Show. That's when we get down and uh, really hunker down on things that are impacting our culture. And here to help us in that regard, the Reverend Joe Boot. Senior Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto and the founder of the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Joe, good to have you back. Good morning, John. Good to be back. And Steve Rockwell is the Toronto Imam at the Sheikh Didat Centre and host of Call of the Minaret on Vision TV. Imam, good to see you again. Always good to be here, John. All right. Now, you know, Imam, you've got to help me out here because yesterday, you know, we've been talking about the situation in Nairobi and uh, as well on the weekend, uh, I, I guess Nairobi and the, the killing by this... Uh, Jihadi group uh, from Somalia had the headlines, but uh, in the same instant, there were uh, 78 Christians who were murdered uh, by two suicide bombers in Pakistan. And you've seen in Syria and Egypt as well, Christians in retreat, fearing for their lives, uh, getting the heck out of there, the cops being persecuted in Egypt. It leads to the question, and I know we've asked it in the past, are we talking about a clash of civilizations here? Are Christianity and Islam incompatible? Can they coexist or are they incompatible? They can coexist, and they have coexisted for centuries. Their situation today is very different. Um, you've had a, in the Middle East. You've had a war in Afghanistan. Uh, in Afghanistan, you have war. I mean, you have in Iraq in the Middle East, and then you have Afghanistan, um, and then you have Arab Bugharib. These things don't help uh, for peaceful coexistence. However, this is the reality on the ground here. The situation is out of control. We have if small in every nation, in every tribe, in every religion, there's the good, the bad, the ugly. It seems as if today, in this context, you have the bad and the ugly part of Islam hijacking Islam and committing all sorts of crimes and listening to twisted-minded mullahs and really giving Islam a bad name. So you're disavowing these acts of violence perpetrated against Christians or just people with Western values, uh, say in Nairobi in that case. You disavow that. You think this is not anything representative of Islam. Absolutely. See, there is a passage in the Quran that says, La ikraha fiddin. In religion, there is no compulsion. The, the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, even when he was fighting, was in war, he advised his soldiers, do not cut down trees, do not kill women, do not kill children and the old. These were te- are enshrined in Islamic values. Today, what we have, people are, that become pirates, hijacking ships, 
what part of Islam is this? All right, that's in Somalia. But how about in the, say, in Egypt with the Muslim Brotherhood when they asserted control during uh, Morsi when he was elected, the Christian Copts were being persecuted. How does that square? These are the Muslim Brotherhood. They're fundamentalists of a sort, too. Yeah, see, this is what we need to do. The, the, the rational people of Christianity on Islam have to coalesce. And in fact, what I'm doing is forming an organization that has very um, wide support to A, lecture into schools, work with, with, with imams in the mosques, have protests, all teaching that these terrorists part this terror these terrorists are not Muslims. They claim to be Muslims, but they don't practice Islamic values. And we we are indoctrinated the youth into real Islam, teaching them what real Islam is. We will have rallies. We'll have international speakers. All right, so they won't be radicalized and say uh, subverted by these toxic Absolutely. mullahs or imams but, but, on but the internet. But understand one thing that we are fighting against. People like Marwa in Canada, who is not helping us. All right, well, I'll get around to that here in short order. I want to turn to uh, the Reverend Joe Boot, where the imam is saying a lot of things that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. sound good in theory. Can you uh, support where he's coming from, that there is a coexistence possible, a <coughs> rapprochement, can the two, or are they incompatible? Well, it's certainly the case that uh, Islam and Christianity can and have coexisted. Uh, alongside one another. The question is, uh, how are, are they able to coexist? And this is the crisis that we're facing today. Now, historically, uh, Christian communities where Islam was in the ascendancy were given three choices, die, convert, or pay the tax of the dimitude. The dimi are those who are under Islamic law, but they don't uh, enjoy the same privileges as the Islamic convert. So there's not what we would understand in the West as the rule of law, uh, with that, where there is equality before the law. And uh, we're seeing in Europe right now, it's not just in places like Nairobi and Pakistan. You can take Sweden, for example, where you have uh, these rape gangs now, where the, the, the rape statistics of rapes on white women by, uh, by Muslims in that country is uh, staggering. And there are all kinds of crises uh, <coughs> across Europe with the Islamic community. So, and I think as well... Uh, we are getting a little bit weary of hearing that this isn't the real Islam. I mean, uh, I understand what Steve is saying, and I certainly appreciate that uh, he is willing to condemn these sorts of acts of terror, people coming out of church on a Sunday morning and being blown up while they're having a fellowship lunch outside their church in Pashua and so forth. The difficulty is that when this happens all over the world uh, and people are being hacked to death in broad daylight in, in London, England, and raped in Sweden and uh, uh, murdered in uh, Amsterdam and so on and so forth, as well as in these other contexts, it becomes difficult to listen to the rhetoric which says that uh, uh, Islam is all about peace. And, of course, it depends which that's part of the Quran you're going to cite uh, because there are a whole raft of surahs that uh, tell, you, tell you something altogether different about what to do with the unbeliever. Now, they may have been delivered later on, uh, and so be subject to the complex Islamic doctrine of abrogation. But the point is we have to deal with the reality on the ground, and Sharia law has, uh, to put it mildly, a totalitarian tendency, and therefore where Christianity is in the ascendancy, uh, we have 
the rule of law and the opportunity for Muslims, as they do in Britain and Canada, to live in freedom, where the shoe is on the other foot. Unfortunately, Christians come off a lot worse. All right, but you know where uh, the Imam Rockwell is suggesting that uh, you could work hand in glove. He's attempting to do that, he says, here in Canada, as far as that's concerned, to offset these radicalized youth. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw a couple of cases out of London with the Algerian bombing of the gas plant. These kids came from London. Then uh, there was a report early on, one of the Nairobi uh, jihadis was actually from Ontario, hasn't been confirmed, but how these, and there was uh, the guy who was, I guess, at a preliminary hearing yesterday, uh, one of these via train uh, plotters mm-hmm. from Montreal. Uh, so we have in our midst certain subversive elements, right? Right. Yeah, and, and some of this preaching does go on in the mosques uh, here, uh, where, where there are efforts to, to radicalize. So I totally agree that uh, uh, Christians are very open to uh, discussion uh, with Muslims on these issues, and uh, we certainly want to be able to uh, find places of agreement where we can say, well, we're going to agree on the following issues. But you uh, almost th- seem to make uh, Islam sound as though it's uh, a buffet where some people can choose uh, their strain or their type. Uh, well, of- it is. That's the problem. There, there, there. When we, people talk about speaking for Islam, and what's what's most irritating is when Western politicians purport to do so, like David Cameron recently. He has no idea what he's talking about with respect to the Islamic world. And there is, as Steve knows, there is a a depth of complexity within Islam. Uh, There are a whole raft of different organizations, groups and sects, all claiming to speak for Islam. The the succession from Muhammad... Uh, is uh, complicated and creates conflict in within those groups. Well, There's we no see, caliphate see, see, and I, so I, forth. See, the here, here where my good friend here comes off like a spin doctor, um, he's putting, he's giving it a negative, really putting Islam in a bad light and saying that he's it, it, not explicitly saying, but uh, it, it, implying that Islam is a radical and, and, and terroristic religion. You see, when a, a Christian, like the, the Castro boys, they kidnapped those three girls and he raped them from and molested them. Well, and how was he? How was he a, was he a all, Christian? All, all, all. He did the, this those, in the name if, of Jesus. If that Christ. was a Muslim guy <laughs> who did that, the three Christian girls would have been totally different spin on it. There are millions of incidents that Christians commit horrendous crimes, and not but only they, Christians. But do they do it in the name of their deity? They don't, but see, that's the difference. I mean, you might say that they're Christians, and I mean, I've heard somebody try to make the tenuous link that Hitler was a Christian. I mean, uh, that's a non-starter. But these people in places like Nairobi are actually, the accounts go, separating the Muslims from the rest and killing those who were the infidel. I mean, they're doing it in the name of their religion or their faith. Okay, and the, the soldiers that went from America to Iraq an Abu Ghraib prison, they rape these Muslims. They rape, see, in the eyes of the Muslim world, it looks like Christianity against Islam, the perception. But also, explicitly, Well, is the perception that they're going as Christian crusaders? Okay, no, but the Christian churches in America said on, on the news that they are going to send 240, um, what's his name, the 240 Christian missionaries to convert the Iraqis to Christianity, the Iraqi mm. Muslims. I never heard that. Yes, yes, you well, said that. You know that. 
My friend knows that. Well, I, 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 didn't, I, I, I didn't know about that, but I, I certainly, uh, that is what the Christian church does. It sends, yes, it's interested in absolutely. sending missionaries, not, not rape gangs and terrorists into places. Fine, the, but uh, the point is this. When the soldiers are raping, and see, uh, the, the, when the Americans went into um, Iraq, they broke the legs of some of these people and they said, swear on Muhammad and say that uh, Jesus is Lord. And, and this was reported by the Toronto Sun. It's in the newspaper. So, so you're yeah, I haven't heard any of those stories. Right. The imams find this equivalency that somehow uh, Christian missionaries are as bad as these Muslim jihadis. That's what you're saying. Not quite as bad. See, these Muslim jihadis, you have to give Jack his jacket. The Christian missionaries do a lot of good work. They dig wells. Yeah, they might actually help bail out some of the people who have just been racked by a her, uh, an earthquake in Pakistan as well. But uh, let's hold that thought for a second. We're just talking about, you know, this worldview and whether or not there can ever be some kind of an entente between Islam and Christianity and other faiths, for that matter, or are they incompatible? Because we're seeing uh, some serious parts of the world being uh, sent into upheaval by purported uh, Muslim mujahideen in Nairobi, in Syria, in Egypt, and so on and so forth. All right, let's get back into it. The Imam Steve Rockwell, Reverend Joe Boot, we're talking about, is it incompatible Islam with the other major faiths, uh, primarily Christianity, where we see the persecution and uh, wholesale slaughter of Christians in the Middle East right now? Uh, Andrew's email says, uh, to your point, Imam Rockwell, that uh, Pauline Marois is not helping us, is a passing of responsibility, he says. The nonviolent actions of others, regardless of how stupid they may be, cannot and should not be used to justify any acts of violence. You want to speak to the marijuana claim you made? She's not helping your matters. Okay, repeat that. I, I missed it. Well, he was saying, you know, when you claim that, uh, and Pauline Marois with their Charter of Values in yes. Quebec aren't helping matters, right? Uh, he says that's passing responsibility or the buck. You shouldn't be blaming Pauline Marois if, uh, you know, there are certain people being radicalized in your community and uh, meeting out acts of violence. To, to a certain point, to, to a certain extent, he is right. But, but I, I wish to, to point out to the mayor that it doesn't help the Canadian context. The, 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 their, their Canadian youths going to, to join different fringe elements in Islam that are Genius. Now, when Marwa, this is nothing but Islamophobia in Quebec. The, the, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but that's the general perception of the Muslims of Canada is that Marwa Charter of Rights is nothing more than Islamophobia. When in, in Toronto, Valley Park Middle School, the predominantly Muslim um, student body there are not allowed to pray because people picket them and they, and they try to stop them from praying. When the posters in the subway, one single poster that Charles McVitie took offense to, when these things happen, it doesn't help persuading the Muslim community of Canada to coalesce against the terrorists. We know they are terrorists, but then Christianity, they are terrorists too. Well, what like, about the washing basins for students at certain colleges or universities? Uh, is that not seen as special dispensation, or you think it's appropriate? The, I, I missed you. These that. are washing basins for uh, some Muslim students. I'm not sure which university. They're, they're, they're appropriate. 
I mean, we are this is Canada. So that's a accommodation. A very multicultural society and a very tolerant ah, society. No, and this is, this is the, where partially the problem lies, John. Uh, and in part, though, as I was saying a couple of weeks ago, the, the West has made a rod for its own back here. Uh, in that, uh, first of all, very quickly, when you look at the life and um, ministry of Jesus Christ, that, that is the example or the model for the Christian. For it, within Islam, the model for the life uh, of uh, the ideal Muslim is found in the Hadith uh, and the Quran, the life of Muhammad. I leave people to go and explore for themselves the differences in those two lives and models. But the issue here <clears throat> in the Western context is that this idea of multiculturalism, uh, which has said that really we can have an equal toleration of all values. This is what the Quebec Quebec is now realizing slowly, as various other parts of uh, uh, Europe is realizing that this does not seem to work on the ground practically. Now, <clears throat> I'm not uh, suggesting that um, uh, we should be in the business of banning all symbols of uh, religion. This is, a, this is a peculiar secular problem because the secularists have said, well, we are able to be the arbiters uh, between all these different uh, so-called religious perspectives, not recognizing that they themselves, the humanists, are fundamentally religious and thinking that somehow they're going to be able to sit everybody down and everybody's just going to sing Kumbaya together. And that simply is not the reality. You cannot have a social order governed by more than one ultimate and when Christianity, through uh, the cultural Marxism and the humanism of our time, has been subverted ideologically, what's happened is Islam has simply is simply moving in, and then people don't like it. So in that sense, it's not the fault of the Muslims. But what I would challenge the Islamic community is that you've been given a... I don't think the obligation, I don't think the primary obligation is upon Canada or Christians living in Canada to be bending over backwards to do the accommodating. They have come to live here. They want to enjoy the freedoms and privileges of a, of a Christian nation. They are to accommodate themselves All to right, us, so not I'll, the other I'll way around. Where are they building you, churches in Saudi Arabia or Pakistan? Do you think it's more important of what a, a woman wears on her head or what she has in her head. Certainly what she's got in her head, but when what's on her head indicates that she is a, a second-class citizen or is somehow a, a, the property of another man, then there's going to be an objection. No, 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 no. You're saying, you're, impli you're saying that a, a, a woman in a hijab is a second-class citizen and she's suppressed in the home, and she's denied certain rights. You have no idea, absolutely no idea. I do actually, because what, I've spent a great of deal of time in the Middle East, and my and my members of my family lived in Pakistan for sixteen years. So I do know what I've I'm talking about. I've lived all around the world. I'm sure you have. And, but and, 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 I'm making and I the point say this to that you, I do know what goes on no inside the Islamic home. Islam is. You let have me, no idea. Let me ask idea. you, Imam Rockwell, because yeah. Kevin's sort of referencing this. He'd like to know how you feel. Should Sharia law be subservient? to Canadian law. No. How can you say that? I mean, uh, because Joe Boot just made the case, you know, there's so much cultural accommodation now, you're playing into that. Uh, what you're saying is, when in Rome, do as the Romans and uh, accede to Roman law. No, wh what I'm saying is that in the guise of being secular, you are Islamophobic, I want to, I'll, I'll, I'll take exception. Well, I'm Christian. I'm not Islamophobic. I don't fear Muslims. I, I, no, no, no. Mus no, no you, you, I'm, 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 I'm you, you against the Islamic... You just made a very Islamophobic statement. Which was well, what, When Steve? you said that a woman wearing a hijab 
implies that she is a second-class citizen. B. Well, does she have the vote? The can she can she be educated in Afghanistan? Can what? Why? Why is acid well, thrown well, in the well, faces well, of little girls? We're talking about Canada here. You can you beat your wife? Can you beat your wife in Islam? I can jump the bar. Can you beat your wife in Islam? No, uh, you you cannot beat your wife in Islam. Let me explain that. How many that wives can you have? You. Hold on, let me explain that ayah to This is a hypocritical statement coming from you. I tell you what, the only condition that you can strike your wife if you find her with another man, and and Islam says to the man, control your temper. If you're gonna hit her, hit her lightly. If you find, uh, you know, in the West... So abuse in some circumstances is okay. In the West, if a man finds his wife with another man in bed, he kills her. He brutalizes her. The reality on the ground, this is the reality on the ground. Islam says, hold back your temper. If you find her with another man and you've got to hit her, likely. Now you tell me which religion is more humane than that. Christianity. Well, let me ask you. You're not allowed you, to beat uh, your wife or have four wives or, or okay, under any circumstances. Okay, but let me ask you, Mum, because I'm curious. You said Sharia law should not be subservient to Canadian law. Where the two clash come in conflict, uh, which law should take priority or precedence? The law of the land. Oh, the law of the land. Okay. Yes, but but hold hold it. Mm. The law of the land must take. But Muslims should fight for their rights. In other words, Not rights under, in, in under Christian context, law, in the in, common law, or rights under in the, Sharia please, law? Let please, me, let me say, in the context, whatever, whatever the law of the land allows them to, democratically, they can, they, they, they can make representation to change laws. Laws are made for man, not man for the laws. So in other words, uh, inevitably, if the numbers weren't, you're saying Sharia law should be recognized or uh, even implemented? If there's compatibility... Sure. All I right. mean, like oh, Sharia law says, pray to God. Are you going to ban that? No. Sharia law says if your neighbor is hungry, put your water, some water in your soup and give them some. Are you going to stop people from doing well, that? Well, I mean, Sharia. there are certain elements of Sharia law, I guess, so, you know, or motherhood statements. I'm just wondering about the stuff that uh, might be incompatible with Canadian law, including taking a multiple wives and maybe even the beating of one's wife if she's disobedient. Let me yeah. take some calls on this. Jack, let's work you in here. Thanks for waiting. You're in. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Thanks for having me. And thanks for having Imam Steve uh, Rockwell. May God preserve uh, you, Imam, um, and uh, increase you in knowledge and put light on your tongue. And Thank the you. pastor, I have to say, uh, respectfully, I, I, I disagree with you very much when you suggest that this idea of dimitude, uh, you know, uh, requires that Christians and other people under that law are, are second-class citizens, that the rule of law doesn't apply. That, from my understanding, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar or a historian, but from my understanding... That has to do with, uh, you know, protection money, essentially, because there's a community that basically doesn't subscribe to the broader way of life of, of the Muslims, and so they need to, if, if there's an outside enemy to attack them, they need to pay to, in order for, to get protection from the Muslims. There's a famous uh, saying of the Prophet, he said, whoever's, uh, whoever is uh, in my protection, uh, in other words, as a dhimmi, uh, whoever harms that person or kills that person, I will be a witness against him on the Day of Judgment speaking to the Muslim community, that if you harm someone who is in our, the trust of a Muslim community, that that person, the Prophet, will be a witness against him. Secondly, I think you need to look historically, again, not a historian, but look historically and ask yourself, where are the historical Muslim communities, communities in Christian land? The Muslims are pretty new to the Western world or the Christian world, if you will, but you have historical communities 
in, in Muslim lands like Iraq, Egypt, Syria. You know, you have people. No, these are not. Syria. These are impossible. these were not. His Hold on, let me please let me finish my point because you're a guest. I don't have a lot of time to speak. You, you will not find, for example, in Spain, Muslim historical Muslim communities in Spain because they were annexed in the Crusades and the, and the, the Inquisition. All right. So you have to ask yourself why that is. If the, if the Muslims are so intolerant of a people. All right. Uh, I think that will answer your question when you look at the history. Uh, well, I can speak. I can, sp good, I can speak to that. Speaker. First of all, the the whole of the Arabian Peninsula, countries like what we today call Iraq, were Christian. So was North Africa, and it was only because the Islamic armies were halted at the gates of Vienna that they didn't already sweep through Europe. It was only the defeat of the Ottoman Empire which meant that Islam hadn't taken over Europe. Every country that was conquered by the Muslims, enslaved the, the peoples, Christians were invited and put them back into in and allowed to. Practice their religion. Okay, so why, Steve? Here's a very simple question. Let's look at today. Where in Saudi Arabia or where in Pakistan, avowedly Islamic nations are Christians free to build churches and educate in the faith and so on and so forth? Where? Let's take. Okay, let's take Saudi Arabia. Let's hold on I, to that thought here, gents. We'll come back and uh, continue the discussion. A lot of calls. I beg your patience in advance. The, the overarching question, uh, can Islam be incompatible uh, with all the other major faiths, particularly uh, Christianity? Well, let's get back into it with the Imam Rockwell and the Reverend Joe Boot. We're talking about Islam, and is it incompatible, or can it coexist with Christianity and the other major faiths uh, around the world, let alone in Canada? Joe Boot, uh, I guess you would say, as you have in the past, that Canada should define itself as a Christian nation mm -hmm. primarily. All right. Yeah, that was its uh, historic foundation. That was the historic foundation of its law, the Canadian Dominion. It's taken from Psalm 72, verse 8. Uh, the very fact that you can look back uh, less than 100 years ago and see lengthy debates in the Parliament on the Lord's Day Act and so forth that was only very recently repealed. The, all of these things demonstrate that uh, Canada, as, uh, as you know, initially a British colony, was part of the, and is still part of the British Commonwealth, is a, a Christian land where we have always uh, welcomed people of uh, other faiths, other cultures, to come and live in peace under the rule of law here in Canada. Well, let me ask you, because, you know, in Quebec they've got this issue, and the Imam Rockwell brought it up. Gord's email to me, it says, Ang Angela Merkel in 2010 said, We feel bound to the Christian image of humanity. That is what defines us. Those who do not accept this are in the wrong place here. Mm -hmm. And he says, I think that's how Quebec leaders really feel. Well, uh, being secularist notwithstanding, do you think there's a place for a uh, charter of values in Canada? Uh, I think we don't. We didn't need one. We we had the British North America Act, and we had uh, the Christian faith. I think that these problems have been created, and this is where I am sympathetic in that sense to um, Muslims struggling in the West with their sense of self identity, because uh, we, in in part, have created the problem by de-Christianizing our institutions, our education, our law, and our social order. These, the Charter of Rights hasn't helped establish Canadian values. We've, we've just ended up destroying them through it. And uh, it's, what's happened is that fundamentally as we've de-Christianized different aspects of our culture, which is what I would fundamentally say to Steve here, is that the, we're dealing with humanism here, not Christianity. Uh, the, then and, and people perhaps are, this is what the Muslims are railing against as well, saying that there's too much secularism where they're trying to attack your faith. Is that how you Muslims perceive? came to, to this country and were guaranteed freedom of religion. We were told that we can come and practice our religion. We want, uh, women want to wear the hijab, they can do so. 
A man wants to wear his jubba, he can do so. Um, and we, by the, the same The practice token, of Sharia law, do you believe that the Muslim, the devout Muslim, should practice to the uh, nth degree the uh, Sharia law? Sharia law says hijab, it doesn't say niqab. No, but I mean, there are some things that do run counter to uh, Western or oh, Canadian oh, oh, law. Sharia law says you can have more than one wife. Right. Canadian law says one wife. If you, if you, A, we have two choices. A Muslim, if he wants to live in Canada, he has to, want to make, have more than one wife, he has to leave. All right. Or there you B, go. Yeah. B, he can lobby to change the law. I see. Let's go to Sonny in Richmond Hill. Thanks for waiting. Sonny, what do you got? Well, I, I, I wanted to address your Christian guest. But Imam Rockwell, don't argue ideology with these folks. Because you're going, you, you're going to tie yourselves in knots. The, the Sharia law is simple in the Quran. It says, when in a non-Islamic country, abide by the laws of the country. But you are right to say that you must uh, 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 try to change the law so that you are more comfortable. But let me address your Christian guest. You say this is a Christian guest, and you Christians have implemented certain things in this country that is from the British Commonwealth and the British colonial era. Perhaps residential schools of the native people that you try to basically exterminate out of this country. Perhaps you can tell me how Christian is that. And then further to your other point, you said to me that the Christianity is such a compassionate religion. Now let me give you some examples about the compassion of Christianity. To those altar boys that the Roman Catholic bishops and uh, cardinals molested and raped. And then you tell me, as a South African who came here from South Africa, who uh, implemented apartheid and who sanctioned apartheid, the Dutch Reformed Church. All right, well, you're going down a litany of things. I've only got so much time. Let's include slavery in there, and we've hit the trifecta. <laughs> well, Joe Boot, how do you respond to that, then? Yeah, I mean, I'm not here to defend uh, colonialism and all that it did. Neither am I trying to uh, defend um, uh, sc uh, Aboriginal schools, and uh, or neither am I interested in defending uh, paedophilia within the Roman Catholic Church. I'm defending the Christian gospel and the reality that uh, in the European, in Christendom, but, but in, the the Western, in the Western, in the Western, hang on a sec, Steve, let me, let me, the caller addressed me, and the, the historic moorings, the freedom under the law that was established, uh, throughout the, throughout Christendom, and in part extended by parliamentary democracy was extended from Britain from the time of basically Oliver Cromwell. So I am saying that the, the freedoms and liberties we enjoy today, as fallible as people are, and I'm not saying that people haven't done hideous things uh, in Christendom, nor am I suggesting that people haven't done evil things even in the name of Christ. I'm saying they can't look to the example of Christ and say that here's where they find their justification. Well, no, we're missing the point. The caller precisely says your stand is a bit hypocritical in that you, you look... The, the, the Pope, the head of the Christian Church. No, he's not the head of the Christian Church. He's the head, he's the head of, of Romanism. He's the Catholic Church, which formed 90% of Christianity. <coughs> no, it doesn't perform 90% of Christianity. Send the Crusaders to Jerusalem to slaughter the, the Muslims. The first a, Crusade was B, a defensive war. Recently. All right, all right but, but, but look, we're going to go around in circles arguing this history. The point is, I mean, even with civil rights and the abolition of slavery, a lot of that, uh, the laws that uh, abolished those things were also. Well, take, for example, uh, you know, the. the 
the, the, the greatest slavers in the history of man well, were the Muslim slavers. So, but at the end of the Christians day, who abolished what can we do for Canada and Canadians now? Well, that's right. a good question. See, that's why you're right. I didn't want. What can we do for Canada and Canadians? I form an organization that will police the Muslim community against terrorists, and that will, if we find anyone speaking in a detrimental way against Canada or Canadian, we'll report it to the authorities. Let me I guess ask you, I'm out. Now, just uh, not to put too fine a point on it, because I know you've already expressed on Sharia law, but one of these people, the uh, co-accused in the plotting of the Via Train uh, thing, says he doesn't want to be governed by Canadian law, but in fact... Sharia- Why is he in the country? Good, well, all right. Uh, Kick him out. Okay, James and Pickering, let's get you in here. Good morning, Oakley Show. I agree with that. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Yep. Uh, I worked in the Middle East for 10 years. I worked in uh, Saudi Arabia. I'm a Christian. And I knew very well when I, when I went there that Islam is the religion of the place, and I abided by the law. I didn't go out, you know, preaching Christianity. But at the same time, it didn't make me less Christian. I mean, I'm still a Christian. But Mr. Mr. Rockwell, you should go to Saudi Arabia. I went. And tell, tell, tell the government there you should not persecute the Christians. Do you have the courage? You are a Christian. You worked in Saudi Arabia. Were you persecuted? As a Christian, absolutely, I couldn't. I couldn't talk about Christianity, and I and I very well knew about it, and I abided by the law. Well, am I allowed to go to the Vatican and preach Islam? Uh, actually, you you won't be. Am I allowed to go to the Vatican and preach Islam? The Pope, no, the Pope has Saudi Arabia is our Vatican. Many Islamic leaders. Saudi Arabia is our Vatican. Am I allowed to go to to the Vatican and build a mosque? No, Saudi Arabia is our Vatican. Absolutely, you won't be slaughtered. All right, uh, let me move to other callers here in the time that remains. Naeem and Scarborough, you're on the Oakley Show. Go ahead. Hey, uh, gentlemen, uh, you know, I think the question needs to be reined back, which is the clash of civilizations. I think we're getting into mudslinging here, which is not productive uh, at all. Um, I, you know, I will give to the Reverend's credit when he says he doesn't have to defend history and that Jesus, may peace be upon him, is the example. I would hope he gives the same respect to Muslims when they say, we shouldn't be called to account to defend history and the acts of people who do abhorrent things, perhaps in the name of Islam. But, you know, your guest is talking about rape gangs and, and, and other criminal activities which happen to be perpetrated by people who happen to perhaps be identified as Muslims. But when you give the example of the Castro brothers, you'll say, well, you know, what does that have to do with anything? Because they didn't do it in the name of, of, of Christianity. Because but they're Marxists. Regardless. My they're point atheists. Being, my point being is that when you, when you isolate and magnify a criminal activity that may be perpetrated by somebody who happens to be Muslim, but you, it's, it's not even cloaked, want to make the inference that their being Muslim is responsible for these criminal activities. But, 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 but well, they're not, doing it in the name of Islam, no, though. They're very, the rape, very... Uh, the rape gangs in Sweden is doing it in the name of Islam? When a guy beats his wife, uh, because he happens to be Muslim, it's his Muslimness that caused him to beat his wife, but everybody else who beats their wives, all the other women who are in shelters... That's, that's, that's a social issue. But when a Muslim does it, it's an Islamic issue. No, he makes a fair point. America, predominantly Christian, they, they have the most m- women brutality in anywhere in the world. And nobody says a word about it, and they're predominantly Catholic. I, I, I just want to finish my point. You see, to me, 
there's crimes committed every day, and they obviously have some sort of an affiliation, whether it's cultural or religious or otherwise. I wouldn't subscribe the goodness of anybody's faith. And the reason I say that you can coexist and that there isn't a class of civilizations is if people revert to the goodness of their faith. Because I don't believe there's a single faith out there that preaches the innocent slaughter of people. The fact that uh, All right, but listen, Naeem, let me ask, and it's an open-ended question. Uh, in the context of the immediate, the last weekend, Nairobi, Pakistan... Uh, and you had people targeted specifically because they weren't Muslim. What would happen with the Christians? Uh, let's say there were radicalized Christians somewhere in Nigeria who are killing the Muslims and uh, doing it in the name of Christianity. Would that deserve denouncement from Christians worldwide? Here's, and uh, I, I briefly alluded to this yesterday. That you know, we we live in a bit of a, a, a glass house here. We you know, where in the in the rest of the developing world, political unrest is a tool and and and. and Sectarian demonization is a tool, whether Muslims do it against Christians, Christians do it against Muslims, Hindus do it against Sikhs. It's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate, malintended tool that's used by uh, regimes. That yeah, I, and I think it may well be in the developing world. I'm just saying in the uh, first world, that's us. Uh, would we hear the condemnation from the Christian pulpit that these were wrong things to do in the name of Christianity, Joe? Well, I don't doubt for a minute that there, and I'm not suggesting, I haven't suggested that there are not plenty of Muslims who want to live peaceably, they want to uh, uh, live in uh, peace and tranquility with their neighbors and so on and so forth. I think the issue that we're facing and the question that we're facing is, is there something within the Islamic ideology that raises these the specter of terror and violence and so forth in various parts of the world. Now, Jesus said something important. He says, by their fruit, you will know them. It's all very well for people to keep saying this as, these Muslims do not represent Islam. This isn't about Islam. This isn't about Islam. When actually there is plenty to find in the Islamic text that suggests that it is connected with Islam and that... Uh, we, we're confused. Right, I mean, that's basically what we're, we're well, saying. And yet what the imam, is the true Islam? The imam's made a statement. He's doing his best to uh, take radicalized youth or preempt uh, anything like that happening here. And so I wish you the best of success in that endeavor, Thank imam. you very much. And I feel Christians and Muslims can live together peacefully. Well, I appreciate it. As you. do I. You, you, you certainly gave a good example this morning uh, and breaking from form. <laughs> Steve Rockwell, Toronto imam at the Sheikh Didat Center, and the Reverend Joe Boot. Senior pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, founder of the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. We'll end on that peaceful note. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.